minister to us. It's been a great time. It's been a fantastic time, actually. The Lord has really done a lot. The Sheasleys, you guys come on up here. Michaela, Perry, Kim, Joe not here. He's not here. All right, so we'll settle for three of the five of them. Yeah. All right, they got some awesome, awesome things that happened. Dean, come on up here, too. Well, the video was really awesome for Joe and myself, but the biggest change were the things that come from our kids on the way home. Perry is usually very quiet, and you can't get anything out of him, so you have to kind of pry at him. But on the way home, he was just very quiet and weeping. So I knew something had happened, but I wasn't sure what it was, so I kept asking him, what did you feel? What happened? Because I knew something had so finally he told me that he felt someone touch him on his shoulder while he was up here praying. But when he turned around, there wasn't anybody there. So I said, well, what else happened? And he said, there's things that I can't even describe. He didn't know how to put them into words. But he did say that he felt like it was God trying to come into his heart. And that's why he felt the hand of God touch him on his shoulder. And he surrendered and he got saved on Wednesday night. Well, then Michaela couldn't stop talking at all. She's the total opposite of Perry. She is so excited about what God is doing in her life, especially this year. This is her words, not mine. And she had been up here praying with Doug over in the corner. And when Michaela's doing praise, she's like this all the time. Well, when she was doing this, she felt something pushed back on her hand. And she felt like that was God touching her. And then when she put her hand down like this, she felt like God was holding hands with her. And Doug kept praying for her, and she said that the air kept going like this in front of her face. And she felt like that was the Holy Spirit uh, ministering to her. And the other thing that I want to say is, is that, um, and you weren't prepared for this, Matt, I'm sorry. <laughs> if we as adults surrender and give everything and tear down all our walls, it is amazing what God can do for us. And I can attest to that myself. God has made a lot of changes in me, and he has blessed me. And Byron's question to me all the time is, am I happy? And yes, I'm happy. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. You guys didn't know Perry was quiet, did you? No, nobody could tell. <laughs> all right. And what Dean's got to say really is a word about what the Lord is doing in that and all of this. So. I just want to say, for those of you that wonder if this is all real, it's the fruit. You know, it's the fruit. When John the Baptist sent his men to Jesus and says, are you the one or is there someone else we should look for? Jesus just said, look at the fruit. So that's what he's saying this morning, look at the fruit. But this is what the Lord gave me. It's in the Message Bible. And I like the way it says it in this. It's in Matthew 4, starting with verse um, 14. And it says, let me tell you why you were here. And I really feel like the Lord is saying to us, let me tell you why I'm doing this in your midst. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to put you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you on the top of a hill and on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God. This generous Father in Heaven. And I was saying, the first time the Lord visited us a few weeks back, I saw people getting touched. 
And then they'd go down and the Lord would minister to them. And as soon as they got up, they went right back into the congregation and they grabbed a friend. And they brought that friend up. And that friend got touched and went down. And when that person got up, they went back in the congregation and they brought. And I kept seeing that two and three people deep. And as Heidi Baker said on that tape, and if you haven't seen it, you should, come and get oil and wine. Get oil and wine so that you have oil and wine to give. And that's what God is doing in our midst. Amen. Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? Well, I'm, I'm excited to do this again. <laughs> um, you know, I was just looking at Perry this morning, and I was just thinking, you know, not to diminish Perry's salvation, but God did so much more than save Perry. He gave him an experience with the living God. A 10-year-old boy on the way home from Wednesday night meeting weeping under the power of God. I hope you recognize that. I hope you recognize that as the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit is not relenting at this point. The Spirit keeps saying the same thing to us. We're, we're in this little trickle of this river right now. And, uh, and we can't get off of it. The people that come up to this pulpit at this point we have to agree with what the Spirit's saying. You know, in Revelations chapter 22, there's an angel, and the angel says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. The Spirit says, Come. The bride says, Come. If the Spirit says, Come, then the bride has to say, Come. Whew. If the Spirit says, Come, the bride must say, come. Who's the bride? I don't want to be a wayward bride. Lord, mm, help us, Lord. The Spirit and bride say, come, then something else happens. The Spirit and the bride say, come, then, the, then a releasing takes place. Because the angel says, let, let, release those, unleash those. Let those who have ears to hear say, come. The Spirit says come, the Bride says come, then those who have ears to hear say come. Who are those who have ears to hear? They're not in this church yet. They're not here in the land of Christianity. They're out there. But when the bride agrees with the Spirit, then those who have ears to hear will turn among themselves and say, Come! Come! And then, after that, everybody who's thirsty gets to drink. Everybody who's thirsty gets to drink after that. Why would you not want to agree with what the Spirit's saying? How, why would we not want to? I want to. That's a picture of the harvest people. I read this, this thing from 1980, and this man had this dream, and it was a very prolonged, detailed-oriented dream, and it had a lot of good stuff in it. But this guy was on this journey, and he was leaving behind Christendom, and he was 
walking on to the city of God. And at the end of his journey, the Spirit of the Lord came to him and said, you've dabbled in the harvest. Now you're about to be obsessed with it. You've dabbled in the harvest. And now it's going to be all-consuming. You will wake it. You will sleep it. You will eat it. You will breathe it. And it won't be a burden for you. It'll be easy. It'll be easy. Oh! Whoa! So that's the reason. Not only for yourself, but for others. The multitudes of those who have ears to hear. You know, it's a good time to be a baby preacher like me. Because I'm learning how to preach in the river of God. So there's a lot of preachers in here. It's a good place for you to be. Because the river of God is here. Let's define that. What's the river of God? The river of God is what God's doing. It's what God's doing in our midst and outside of our midst, beyond these four walls, in our everyday lives. It's, it's going beyond the mundane, normal church life and going over into what's eternal, what's fruit-bearing, what's life-giving. Heather Wicker could have preached last week, the whole thing. She could have. She got up here and the fire of God was just like, she was smoking. It was all over her. And I knew she had the unction because she said, right, right in front of her testimony, she said, I'm going to make this real quick. <laughs> yeah, right. She could have preached the whole time. It was awesome. It was good. But God's releasing that. God's releasing that into His people. It's amazing. It's amazing what's going on. I mean, Wednesday night was slam-banging awesome. It was awesome. My 10-year-old daughter was laying here on the floor for an hour underneath the power of the Holy Spirit, laughing. Jesus says in John 20, or, uh, 7.38, He says, Out of their bellies will flow these rivers of living water. Oh! They're noisy rivers. They're noisy. They make lots of noise. So the Spirit keeps saying that over and over and over. And, and any time we try to get away from that, we, we, well, we can't. We just can't. We have to keep saying it. Ears to hear and eyes to see. Because that's what we need. To agree with the Lord and what He's doing. It's not preached one Sunday and then moved on from because we obviously don't have all the ears that we need yet, right? Well, I think it's obvious. I, I'm, I say that because I believe that the Lord has more. So if the Lord has more, then I need more to see. I need to be able to see more, right? And if the Lord has more, then I need to be able to hear more, right? I have to have a larger capacity, right? In my ears and in my eyes and in my heart. You know, Heidi Baker said it was on the video the other night. You know, really, this is what preaching is. It's just stealing all the good stuff from everybody else. That's really what it is. You know, I, I just take what she says, amen it, and then pass it on. Make it my own and pass it on. But you know, she says this over and over. You know, big heart, 
little brain. Big heart, little brain. Or how does she say it? Does she? No, too, too big, too small. Too big, too small. And God's trying to enlarge our hearts, enlarge our souls with His soul, with His spirit, with His mind, with His ears, with His eyes. The Lord has a sense of humor, too, because when we were preaching in the first service, uh, we all had this little joke together. It just, it just popped up, didn't it? It popped up because I was talking about all this, this, this seeming nonsense going on, like the, the doubling over and the falling back and the oh! and the hoeing and all that kind of stuff, you know? And, uh, I, you know, it just it dawned on us all, well, this must be the season of the Spirit. It's Christmas time. Ho, ho, ho. You know? Ho, 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 ho! Hey, it's the spirit of St. Nick, man. What does he do? He gives presents. Santa Claus gives presents, man. That's a roundabout theology, but I bet we can make it work somehow. Yeah, man. The other thing, I, I didn't mention this in the first service, but the truth is that if you want to stand up here to preach, you have to be able to beat Byron in arm wrestling. <clears throat> so I got him two out of three times. Best two out of three. Right, Byron? No. He's not amening me over there. So the reason why we can preach, why a lot of you can preach, heal, prophesy, do all those kinds of things is because you've been enrolled in the school of the Spirit. And, um, and the school, you've been enrolled for a long time. You've been in the school of the Spirit for a long time. But if you're like me, it seems like you've just woken up in school. You've just, you've woken up in class all of a sudden. When I was in seventh grade, I, I fell asleep in my American history class. And it was, it was not a, a light sleep. It was a heavy sleep. You know, I was a little guy in seventh grade, and I had to get up at six o'clock in the morning to catch my school bus. You know, it was a real sad story, you know. But by fourth period, I was tired, you know. So I was uh, sleeping on my desk, and I had my, I mean, my head was on the desk, and there was drool coming out. There was a big old puddle of drool right there. And I don't know how long I was asleep for, but man, I am certain of the moment that I was woken up. Because all of a sudden, my teacher slammed his yardstick there on the desk. And I mean, instantly I woke up. And I had all clarity, all vision. I all of a sudden had all this revelation on American history. It was like instantly, everything just came into being, into fullness, you know. He could have asked me any question at that moment and I would have given him a good answer. So we can have grateful hearts this morning that the Lord has not allowed us to fall asleep or to stay asleep. And if you feel like you're still a little hazy, trust me, God's got a yardstick. <laughs> trust me, God's got a yardstick. And that might not be the most accurate picture of God because, you know, God is a good father. Um, but, you know, he does discipline those he loves. And he loves us. He really does. I had that revelation this morning. I was asking for words this morning for people. And the only word I got this morning was I was supposed to go up to two people who, who I really loved and tell them that. Man, God's pouring out love, man. This is a love thing. This is a love and grace thing. And it is. It's a love fest. It's falling in love with the Lord and then having that love go out. It's not, it's not hard. It's easy. 
It's not hard. It's easy. Boy, we got to get that. It's, how do you say that? It's easy. It's easy. Yeah, go ahead. I heard something really good just to add to that love thing. is When the Holy Spirit really pours out, like when Jesus was baptized in the river and, and the Holy Spirit descended, there was that word from the Father that says, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And somebody I was listening to was saying that when the Holy Spirit comes, His word of love comes with it. That when the Holy Spirit comes, He sends that word of love. And that was so good. It was like that explained to me why we were feeling this so much love thing going along. That's like the Lord really wants to, along when He's sending His Holy Spirit, He's wanting to send that word of love to us. Yeah, that's good. So here we are in the middle of all this strangeness. In the middle of all this weird kind of stuff that maybe some of us have never seen before. You know, and, and I felt like the Lord was saying to me this week, you know, some of my people need this explained to them. And some of my people just need to be established in what they already know. And um, so I was asking my wife about this. You know, because I've made this observation about this. And it seems like, you know, this is a generalization, but... But in general, the women so far have gotten more of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've, I've been feeling the Holy Spirit, but I've, you know, I wish you guys could have seen Becky and Sarah Ruth and, and, uh, and Jenny Stein. They were all up in here, and it's like they were, they were all having babies up here. They were all laying on the floor just like, man, God was doing something in them. It was amazing. I mean, it was so amazing as soon as my daughter came up there and put her hand on Becky's knee. I mean, she was in a short amount of time. It was like she was on the floor receiving from God herself. You know? And uh, so I was asking my wife about this. I was saying, honey, why is, it, why is it that the women get this more stronger than the men? <clears throat> and she said, oh, that's easy. She says, well, in the natural, men can hold their liquor better. And it's the same way in the spiritual. Did you catch that? In the natural, men can hold their liquor better. It's not that men aren't getting touched with the Holy Spirit. It's just they hold their liquor better. And I thought, wow, well, well thanks, honey. That's a good expl- explanation. <clears throat> we should write a book on that. And, uh, but you know, but something rose up in me. Something rose up in me. And I said, you know... Lord, this is what I believe about you. That you've got enough new wine up in your liquor cabinet to pour out on even the stoutest man in the kingdom of God to put him out on the floor, heaving and hoeing and whatever it takes to receive from the Holy Spirit. So, I I mean, uh, that's what I'm going after. I'm going after the Lord's liquor cabinet, you know. I... That's what I'm going after. I have to. I have no other choice. I tried it the other way, man. I tried staying maintained. I tried staying in control. And I never got any fruit out of that, you know. We're getting fruit now. We're down to the... We're, we're, where, the, we're where the rubber meets the road, you know. Fruit's getting produced. Getting free. Getting free of the fear of man. That one song that we did this morning about, you know, leaving behind the mundane and getting out from, from under the fear of man. I mean, that's an awesome place. That's the place that Jesus meant for His people to live in. Wow! That would be incredible if we were all there, wouldn't it? 
man. So, so Wednesday night, I'm standing up here. There's all this deliverance going on. I'm, I'm getting delivered, you know, which is a, it's a bit humiliating, you know. You're, you're a leader in the church, and you're up here puking, or not puking, but I was coughing. I was coughing all this crud out, you know, and, well, Lord, here I am, exposed again in front of all these people, you know. But, but before that, I was just standing back, and I had my eyes closed, and there's people over here making weird noises. There's people over here making stranger noises, and it's like a cacophony of shrieks, groans, howls, and... And I said, Lord, what is this? And the Lord said to me, that is the heavenly sound. That's the song of deliverance coming forth. That's the sound of salvation, the sound of deliverance. That's the sound of my people leaving Egypt, or Egypt and going into the promised land. So we need, we need to hear more of that. More. Wow. So we need to have soft hearts. Hearts that are filled with that oil and the wine softening us. Oh, so when that stuff starts happening, we don't have to stand back and go, mm. we can go, oh Lord, give me some of that too. Give me some of that too. Give me some of that too, Lord. So Heidi Baker asked this question to those people down at Morningstar on the video. I got totally convicted by it. She said, are you Holy Ghost people? She's in this meeting with all these people that go to Morningstar and other places like Morningstar. And they all have rock and roll worship. And they all raise their hands and they all dance. You would just assume, wouldn't you, that they're Holy Ghost people. You would think. But the question needs to be asked. Are you Holy Ghost people? Are you a Holy Ghost man? Are you a Holy Ghost woman? Are you a Holy Ghost child? So I was severely convicted by that. And yeah, are we a Holy Ghost church? Because when that kind of conviction comes, that truth comes, and you can receive that truth, and by that truth, you really will get free. And the thing you'll get free from is the fear of man. You won't, have, you won't be concerned about what people are saying. Even good Christian people. Well-meaning people. And we have to have grace on this thing, people. We can't live in the land of spiritual haves and have-nots. So when we get stuff from the Lord, it's by grace and mercy alone. We receive it, Lord, gracefully. But at the same time, the prophetic unction that comes on us, we have to be true to it. We have to be true to that unction. And when critical spirits come at you and want to bring you into some type of dialogue and debate, I have to adamantly say no thank you. Because the enemy wants to waste my time in that kind of debate. And I'll tell you, child of God, it is a waste of time. There's something else that God wants you to put your energy into. And that is establishing His kingdom. But in order for you to establish His kingdom, you must first be established. Are you a Holy Ghost people?
Oh, Lord, help me. I need help. We all need help. So, I was asking the Lord this week about all this stuff, you know. And, and I, I said, Lord, we need help. There's this guy up here, whether it's Byron or whoever's up here, and we make appeals. We make appeals. Because that's pretty much all we can do. The Holy Spirit has to convict. And, um, but I really felt like the Lord, He did want to explain Himself. He wanted to explain some of the spiritual ways that He moves in. And um, Now, I'll tell you something interesting. I've been, uh, I've been a little bit shocked by myself lately about when all this stuff starts happening. I started praying for people and I, I do this thing. I don't know if you've ever seen me. But like I'll go, I walk up to somebody and I grab them around their waist area, their stomach area, and I start screaming like a madman into their stomach. You know? Ah! You know, that wasn't very annoying at that time, but, but, but trust me. And I was like, Lord, what is that? This looks stupid. That's ridiculous. You know, I need, I need you to help me on this. I need some explanation. Show me in the Bible where that is, you know. Now, I didn't really get anything from the Bible <laughs> per se, but, but you know, Frank said something on Wednesday night about the deep calling to deep. It's the deep things that are inside of us. And the Lord showed me, Andy, when you pray for somebody like that, when you put your pride on the back burner and humble yourself, and you pray exactly like the Spirit is leading you to pray, you're dislodging years of junk that's in people's wells. We all have a well inside of us. And the problem is that water that's wanting to get out to us because we're so thirsty can't get to us because there's all this junk down inside of us. And God's sending His Holy Spirit into some people and that Spirit's coming out of those people and going into these other people so that that crap can get out and that water can get to them that the Lord's been wanting to get to them the whole time. So the Lord's sending His Spirit. And we have to have ears to hear. So I'm getting these ears to hear. And I have to be sensitive to what the Lord's saying. And you know, Byron's always, you know, he's, he teaches us, you know, there's, there's this group of young men who, you know, get abused on a regular basis by Byron, you know. And, and he's always telling us things. And we're like following him around trying to write these things down and trying to remember what he said one day. And then as soon as we got that thing figured out, man, he's on to the next thing. And we're just like, oh, oh man. But one thing I've, I've, I've learned from Byron is you've got to preach it like you feel it. You've got to pray it like you feel it. That's called unction. It's going with the thing that's real inside of you. I mean, you hear, you hear Byron say that all the time. You've got to go, what's, go with what you got. You've got to go what's real inside of you. Well, the Holy Spirit is making some new things real. He's showing you some other things. You've had this one reality, and God's going to give you a new reality. You thought you knew something, but the Lord's going to give you something else. You thought you had something, but the Lord's going to give you something more. He's going to give you something more. It's a new day. I mean, we didn't, we didn't plan this. We didn't have this on our calendar. We didn't schedule this. It happened. 
We've asked for it. We've prayed for it. You know, at sometimes more wholeheartedly than other times. We don't always ask the Lord for that stuff, but it's on our hearts. And, and for some reason, the Lord said, okay, I'm going to give you what you asked for. I'm going to see what you're made out of. I'm going to see if you really meant what you said. I'm going to see if you really are willing to get down low. Everybody who saw Byron do this will probably never forget it. Will probably never forget it. It's powerful. And when he did this thing, you'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. Because that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing right there. It's easy. It's easy to receive from God. Let me say that. It's easy to receive from God. It's a lie that says it's not easy to receive from God. If you have confusion in your head, I'm going to tell you right now, it's easy. I just declare that to you. I don't have to even explain it to you. God is going to bring you into a place where you can easily receive what He has for you. Easily. He might require something of you, though. He might ask you to do something. He might ask you to do this. You know, I'm saying the same thing Byron was saying. But you didn't hear it from me yet. You heard it from Byron. And I'm doing the same thing. Because the Spirit's saying it. So the bride has to say it. The Spirit's saying it, so the bride has to say it. So there's this guy in the book of 2 Kings. Chapter 5, if you want to go there, you don't have to. But he was a general in the Syrian army. And he was suffering. The Bible says he was a great man, full of valor. He wasn't a general in the Syrian army. He was the general. He was the commander. But he had this problem. And the problem was he had leprosy on him. He had this growth, this bacteria, and he was going to die. He was in imminent danger. The Bible doesn't say how close he was to death, but we all know leprosy is a death sentence. Sooner or later, he's out. He's out sooner than he should have been out. But he had this slave girl that he uh, captured from, from Israel, and he, she said, you know, there's this guy over in Israel, and if you go there, I'm sure he can help you out. So he goes there, he gets over to the prophet Elisha and uh, Elisha told him this thing to do Elisha said I want you to go bathe in the Jordan River seven times oh! he was furious the Bible says he was furious he was mad mad as fire he was upset see the problem with Naaman was he had something wrong on the inside that had to be taken care of before he could get taken care of on the outside. In order for him to receive the miracle, the breakthrough, the thing that would deliver him from the leprosy that was eating him alive, there had to be this thing that happened on the inside first. He almost missed the day of visitation. He was this close can you imagine if you had leprosy and you lived in an age where science was non-existent? You probably couldn't even fathom the idea of being rid of your leprosy. It just wasn't possible at that time. So here was this guy who heard this news. He heard, there's this guy and you can go see this guy and you can be healed. 
I mean, that was like the craziest thing ever imaginable to that guy. He got in his chariot, he took all his stuff with him, and he went to that, that place. I mean, it, it was just not within his comprehension that this was going to happen. And the guy comes out and says this thing. There's the Jordan River. Go dip yourself in it seven times and you'll be healed. And instantly this guy gets mad. Wow. Wow. Do you think what Elisha said to Naaman was a little bit outside of his comfort zone? Do you think it was a little bit outside of his box? The Bible says... Naaman said, I said to myself, I thought the man of God would come out of his house, call on the name of his Lord, wave his hand over me, and I would be healed. That's what Naaman's expectation is, was. That's what he said to himself. Be careful of what you say to yourself. What you say to yourself can oftentimes cause you to miss what God is saying to you. You're saying, oh Lord, you're so sweet. You're so good. Come over here and do this for me. And the Lord's saying, I'm so sweet and I'm so good. No, you come over here and do what I'm doing. That's the difference. Oh, but thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for servants. Thank the Lord for servants. Low people. People who aren't high and mighty. Low people. Because Naaman almost missed his day of visitation with the Lord. But you know what happened? He had these servants. And I've got to think that they, they probably put themselves on the line with this. Because, you know, servants are servants. They're slaves. They just do stuff. They're not there to give their opinion on things. You know what I'm saying? But they, they appealed to him. They said, Father... If this man had asked you to do a great thing, would you not have done it? And he, they, they were saying to him, your day of deliverance is at hand. If he wanted you to pay a million gold coins, would you not do it? If he wanted you to fight an army of a hundred thousand people, would you not do it? And here's this man, and he's saying, Go wash in the river seven times and get your salvation. So he had to get down to where his servants were before he could see the kingdom of God. He had to get low. He had to get the servant's perspective before he could see the kingdom of God and receive from them all that he had for Naaman. So I only say this to you because there's challenges involved in the river of God. I'm telling you this. I'm, t I'm telling you all this for a reason. To help us walk through this all circumspectly. But also so that you can receive everything that the Lord has for you. And I'm not making a case for strangeness. For strangeness sake. I'm not making a case for I'm not even making a case for Pentecostalism. I'm not making a case for any of that stuff. But I'm making a case that in our hearts, the Lord is going to come and say to us, I have this thing for you. I have this miracle. I have this breakthrough. 
But there's this little threshold you're going to have to cross over. There's a threshold. There's something for you to do. There's something for you to lay down. There's something for you to give. And I can't even tell you what that is. It's going to be different for every single one of you. But I just want you to be aware that this is an open heaven. We're in an open heaven. I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's being declared everywhere. And it's not being declared because we're trying to make it happen. It's being declared because we are prophesying what we're seeing. We're prophesying we see an open heaven. We're prophesying we hear an open heaven. We're just agreeing with the Spirit. This is a day of visitation. So I'm appealing to you. Listen to the Spirit of God. What is the Spirit of God telling you? What is your Jordan River? What is your Jordan River? You know, and it doesn't have to be a one-time thing. This is a daily thing for us. Because God is... He is showing us more and more and more and more and more and more. And every day I have to get up and yield myself, yield myself, yield myself, and trust the Lord. Now, I want to I tell you this one, one last story. There was a brother in our church. Uh, I'm not going to tell you his name, but it's just, it's just cool. He's 57 years old. He thought the Lord was through with him. He really did. He thought the Lord was done. He was just going to retire. He was going to spend his days in, you know, whatever retired people do. You know? And he's not an exuberant person. He's not overly expressive. But I saw him this week, and he said, Man, Andy, I am so excited about what God is doing. Not just in our church, but for me. And I said, Man, that's awesome. He said, yeah, I never thought I would be excited about church. I never thought I would be excited about the kingdom of God. I never thought I would be excited about what the Spirit is doing. And then he told me how that got imparted into his heart. He was sitting in the fourth row back there. He was sitting there. The Spirit of God came to him and said, I want you to crawl on your hands and knees up to the front of the church and lay down with your face on the floor. It's not a big deal. You've seen it happen a million times in this church. But for that man, it was something. Because he said, Andy, I don't do that. That's not me. I don't take part of all that. So he began to negotiate with God. He said, Lord, I'll sit here and I'll think about you. We'll have a good old time right here, Lord. And, 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 and the Spirit of the Lord was heavy on him. And that conviction was coming in. He said, no, I already told you what to do. And he said, Lord, I'll get, I'll get on my knees here in front of my chair. And we'll just have a good old time. Oh, Lord, we can, we can be so good together here. <clears throat> and the Lord said, no. And he said, I already gave you the key. I already showed you the thing that you need to do. And so he went up. He crawled down the, the way there, came up here, got in his face, and the Spirit of God came on him like he'd always dreamed of. Set him free from things, besetting sins that had, had just hindered him for years, gave him hope where he had never had hope before. 
gave him a drink when he had wanted a drink for so long. You know the Spirit's voice. You know it. You know when the Spirit witnesses to you and tells you what to do. And we don't want to miss that day of visitation. Heather, you want to go up and play, start playing some music? I think... Uh, Gosh, I'm only on page three. <laughs> but um, but I feel like that's enough. And I feel like, you know, mm, yeah, give me a drink. You know, this is, this is how, how cool the Lord is. You know, Amy and I were watching a movie last night, and it wasn't a it wasn't a really bad movie, but it was two hours of wasted time, you know. And at the end of that movie, I just felt this I felt this sludge on me, you know. And uh, and it got even worse because I I went to get ready for bed, and I went into the bathroom, and I started reading this book on Smith Wigglesworth, and I mean, his whole story is unbroken communion for God, with God, you know total consecration with the Lord. And I started reading that book and I was like, what business do I have getting up in front of anybody and sharing the word, Lord? You know, but God has His process. God has His process and in His grace and in His mercy, He's bringing us, He's bringing us in. He's bringing us in to the beautiful kingdom with the beautiful King. And so if you feel less than adequate, if you feel like you don't have it together, if you're not a spiritual giant, let me tell you, it's okay. It's cool, man. Because I'm, I'm certainly not a spiritual giant. I, I want to... Heidi Baker's testimony, she's, we know who we are. We're people living in the dirt, learning how to love God. And that's our testimony here. That's my testimony. I got five kids. I got five little girls. Me and my wife, we're living in the dirt, learning how to love each other, learning how to love our kids, learning how to love each other in the body of Christ. And God's pouring out His love. He's saying, let me come in. Perry had somebody knocking on his shoulder. Perry, Perry, let me come in. Let me come in. Let me come in. Let me come in. You know, in Revelations, when Jesus says, Behold, I stand knocking out the door, He's not talking to unsaved people. He's talking to the church. Behold, I stand knocking at the door. Open it up and I'll come in. So we're going to move into some prayer time right now. If the prayer team could come up or, or the, the fathers and mothers could come up. And uh, if you would like to respond... We're into responding in this church. We're into responding more than once. We're into responding more than six times. We're just into responding to the Lord. If the Lord asks us to respond every hour, we want to respond every hour. You can never say yes enough times to the Lord. 
you can never say yes to the Lord enough times. Because every time you say yes, God's going to give you something, and the next hour He's going to give you something else if you were faithful with that other thing. There's more. So those of you that need to go, you can be dismissed. Those of you who want to respond to anything that the Lord is doing to you, come on up and get prayer. And those of you who just want to relax, fellowship, and just have a time of worship, you can just stay in your seats and let the anointing flow and worship God. And so go ahead and come on up if anybody wants to have prayer time. And um, the rest of y'all can go. Is that is that all right? Okay. I just want to encourage you this morning. The other day, the song of, you know, I'm being chased by the one I pursue kept coming through my mind. And in this, I saw two different people. I saw a prisoner and I saw a homeless man. And I saw that neither one of them were really pursuing the Lord. They had sort of lost their run. and But the Lord was still pursuing them. And I just want to encourage any of you today that feel like you've lost your run, that if you will just, you know, quit, you know, just stop for a minute because he will put his hand, he will continue to pursue you and he will put his hand on your shoulder like he did that little boy and he will renew anything that you feel like you've lost. And another thing I really keep seeing is the Lord wants us to humble ourselves and to break ourselves down on our face like the very first time that we ever came to him because when we did that's when we were our most broken and that was our most purest love to him. Thank you.